I do love not typing. mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Future State number one, Kara Zor-El Superwoman, which is a story that is titled uh, Two Graves Part One, written by Marguerite Bennett Penciled, inked, and colored by another Marguerite, Marguerite Sauvage. <laughs> Wes Abbott is the letterer, and uh, c- the cover artist is Paulina Ganusho. So I hope I did not butcher anyone's uh, names too badly, but I, I gave it my, my best shot. <laughs> uh, but before we get into talking about this issue, I thought the first thing we really probably should uh, start talking about is future state in general, yes, uh, please. Uh, because Morgan, uh, I, I don't know, uh, just uh, to be honest and transparent, I don't know much about Future State. I was curious about what your uh, experience with Future State was. This was my experience with Future State. <laughs> um, I was like, what's going on? Oh, Car's, uh, Car's outfit is really cute. What a different kind of thing. Love her full <laughs> skirt. Wait, what's going on? Why is she so mad? At Superman. Uh, so, yeah. So, I didn't... I had no clue. Uh, honestly, the little the little box um, in the comic where they're like, this is, a, you know, something about the triumphant victory. And then there's, like, death metal. And now it's future state. And I was like, huh? Yeah. Uh, it, I do like that there was something called death metal, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, death metal, I think, was uh, some kind of storyline that I have not uh, read, admittedly. Uh, but the description in the issues says, uh, quote, the triumphant victory of our heroes saves all reality from the brink of destruction and shakes loose the very fabric of space and time. From the ashes of death metal rises new life for the infinite multiverse and glimpses into the possible unwritten worlds of tomorrow. So that's the description that we get in the issues for future state. Uh, I also went to... Uh, it wasn't uh, that descriptive, though. Honestly, I was so confused. I was like, all right. I got, like, <laughs> from that small description, I was like, oh, this is, like, an alternate universe. Like a possible future. Like a possible universe that's not the main universe, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I guess we could go to uh, Wikipedia because Wikipedia is never wrong. Our good Uh, friend. (laughs) Our good friend, Wikipedia. Uh, This has maybe a little bit more information. It says, Future State is a comic book storyline published by DC Comics in January and February 2021, consisting of multiple limited series released in place of DC's regular ongoing series during those months. The event is set in the aftermath of the Dark Knight's death metal storyline and takes place in a possible future of the DC universe. The conclusion of the event leads into DC's infinite frontier 
relaunch. So this was uh, leading up to a big relaunch of some things, most of which I didn't really pay attention to. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, bought these because it was uh, connected to Cars RL, uh, but it was so, all kind of connected. Do you know anything about Dark Knight's death metal? I don't know, but if you want to read Knight, it, maybe death we metal. should read it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could justify reading death metal because it is connected to future state uh, Superwoman. So if you want to, we could... We could Actually, do we have a uh, background music that would be uh, fitting? Death metal. Or, uh, Probably. Yeah. Yeah. We could read death metal <laughs> while, while we play this music in the background. <laughs> Apparently, it concludes the three-year-spanning dark multiverse narrative that began with Dark Knight's metal <laughs> but we'll bring an end to the new 52 and rebirth uh, continuities so i guess this like ended new 52 and rebirth death metal <laughs> so yeah, gnarly so, <laughs> so that is a uh, uh, something of a description for a future state and a little bit of background for this story uh, so I hope that puts some context around this. Uh, so hopefully we'll see. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll discuss whether or not that clears up any confusion that we had. No. There may be <laughs> some continued confusion, even though we know that backstory about future state. Uh, so I guess let's get into the issue itself. The description for future state number one. Uh, Kara Zor-El Superwoman reads, quote, Kara Zor-El, a Superman's hot-tempered cousin, has finally found peace and purpose away from Earth and its heroes. Now known as Superwoman, she watches over the moon and the refugees from across the galaxy who have congregated there. But all of that is about to change when a spaceship pivoted by a... Uh, pivoted piloted <laughs> that uh makes quite a difference when a spaceship piloted by a runaway alien crash lands and turns cars world upside down does this fugitive come in peace or does this arrival bring war to our hero's front door unquote so it's another pod story <laughs> <laughs> a little Someone bit shows up in a pod <laughs> <laughs> <Death So metal. laughs> So, Morgan, what did you think about uh, the new identity for Kara here? She's going by Superwoman, which is different, not yeah. Supergirl this time around. She's, and she's, got, she's upgraded. She's she's grown. She's a woman now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a, she's a grown woman. Kara, uh, a grown woman, Azorel here <laughs> in this in Future State Superwoman. Uh, so, what did you think about her her uh, new adoption of the name Superwoman, and then also maybe uh, her new costume that she's <laughs> she's got in this series? <laughs> I gotta say, I liked the new costume. I thought it was fancy. Uh, <laughs> she's, you, you know what? You know what? To me, it felt like she had taken a, a page out of the book of Lena Luther. She was like, mm, "Listen, oh yeah, what what I need, what my pa what was is going to give me the most power." It's getting those clavicles out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so the uh, the top of it, like you know, shows quite a bit of like. A little bit of shoulder, a little bit clavicle, uh, and then she's got some gloves. So it seems like maybe she's getting ready for a fancy night out at the opera. Mm. And then, uh, and then she's got like a nice big full skirt and like just like a nice little belt. And I was like, you know what? I like this. I like this more formal super superwoman costume. Now underneath 
the skirt, which kind of like has a slit in the middle to kind of open it up. And then she's got some like leggings on underneath of that. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought it was a, I thought it was a fun new costume. I was like, oh, this seems like a, like a little bit of a more formal superwoman. She's like, I'm just hanging out on the moon, uh, doing moon type things. And, <laughs> and I feel like I need a better, I need a different outfit for that. I need like more of a, a moon outfit. And I feel like she decided to level up. She's like, here, I am going to be the only superhero and I'm not going to have to compete, compete with anybody else. Superman and so <laughs> and so I'm really gonna just get to do me and like I think that the outfit says like I decided to be a fancier kind of hero here yeah she has the S shield on the belt uh, we're showing the cover right now on the video uh, portion of the podcast but uh, in the issue itself there's an S shield on the belt and I, th- I thought the skirt I was kind of taken aback by the uh the long skirt uh when i first saw it but i guess it makes sense and normally supergirl has a skirt on so i guess it makes sense for her to have a skirt of some kind with the characterization uh so i guess it sort of takes place of the cape a little bit it's sort of yeah yeah it's it's there for uh i guess the homage of the the uh the original skirt but then i guess it sort of takes the place of the cape my one question about the outfit is that, like, underneath the skirt, it appears that she has on, like, a pair of, of black shorts. And then underneath those shorts is are, like, blue leggings. And I just feel like that is a lot of layers. Like, <laughs> does she put on the leggings and then put on the shorts and then put on the skirt on top of that? That seems like too much. What are the shorts for? What purpose do the shorts serve? Like, why not just have pants <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question i don't know does it uh, do you think it has something to do with the fact that she's on the moon is there like a gravitational uh <laughs> issue at play here i may, may maybe <laughs> it just, <laughs> would, would, I, the skirt, would the skirt continually like float upwards i don't i don't know I, i'm not a, i'm not a like an astronaut so i don't know i'm i'm not a moon fashion designer <laughs> um but i will also say i don't i don't love the uh the little flats that she's wearing either with the outfit i don't know that they like go super well and they also look like they're like white or pink or something which is like kind of off from the whole color scheme yeah i I don't know i have some questions i think in a lot of panels i'll try to uh pull up share share my screen uh, with uh, a different panel that I didn't pull before. Let me see if I can. They're like little ballet flats, which I mean, I guess goes with the skirt. But then again, she's got on a pair of shorts and underneath those shorts, she's got on some like tights or leggings or something. And then uh, I I mean, boots might have been overkill with that. But like, I don't know the the the, the little flats are kind of weird. Yeah, I think there are there's there's some blue to those flats to to the shoes, so it, it kind oh. of goes blue all the way down, and then on the bottom it looks like it might have a lot of little uh, a, a lighter color on the sole of the shoe. Yeah, so I would I, almost say pink, but maybe I'm just like a little colorblind. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I think it's I think it's mostly pink on the bottom of the shoe. Uh, but uh, everything, I think, going down towards the shoe is is blue. 
And to be fair, until I really looked at the costume, I didn't really notice the shoes. And so they weren't like offensive to me on first read. <laughs> but like now that I'm paying more attention, I'm like, I don't know. I just don't I just don't feel like the shoes are like doing it for me with this outfit. So so maybe if uh, she had a different different pair of boots or shoes, maybe it would have yeah, worked I think out better. A different pair or maybe something that like tied into this color scheme more. I just feel like she's she's really kind of three colors until you get to the shoes and then it's just like a random fourth color and it's like <laughs> why <laughs> <laughs> well i think this conversation deserves a boardroom or ballroom treatment oh and this has been lena luther boardroom or ballroom to we, be fair, I do think it was a very Lena Luther inspired outfit. Yes, so. agreed. Yeah, no, so I think that's very appropriate for us to uh, discuss it in that way. So thank you for the rundown on uh, Superwoman's new look here on the moon. Uh, so speaking of that, uh, what did you think about Kara um, moving to this moon colony and saying goodbye to her Earth life and uh, not being Supergirl anymore? What do you think that's about? So yeah, that's where I that's where the confusion started um with this issue because there seemed to she seemed to have first off, like she's like, My only friend is crypto who's dead. And I was like, All right, already you're starting you're starting in a a, a place that's not endearing you to me because <laughs> you're talking about crypto, the very best boy, but you're saying that he's dead. Uh, and then she'd be like, I learned so much from from you, Crypto. Like, I know what she would have said to me. And I was like, does Crypto talk? <laughs> in this in this version, is Crypto she, like, she just arf, arf. <laughs> take care of others. Like, <laughs> yeah, she was very specific. It, it would be one thing if it was like, you know, the way that you accepted me. You know, she talks about that a little bit. I, I can't remember if it's the number one issue or the uh, second issue. But, you know, if it was like a, you were there for me when I didn't have any friends. Like I could understand that, but yeah. she was very specific. She says that crypto uh, taught her three things uh, <laughs> to help others be kind and that no one is born wise. And I was like, wow, that is profound from that crypto. Is really profound for anybody, but especially for a dog um, <laughs> who cannot speak. I can buy uh, help others and be kind because crypto always kind the best boy. Crypto yeah. always helping others. At what point did crypto say like no one was born wise? <laughs> was it like did she know him as a puppy or something? <laughs> like what? I don't. I don't know. I that threw me off a little bit. I was like, wait, does did crypto talk to her? I did guess she think crypto talked to her. I guess just the <laughs> yeah, but, the the love that crypto had for her. I guess was just it, it inspired her. Maybe. Maybe uh, missing crypto made her think about these things. And through those memories, she had these realizations. I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah. that's me really reaching for an explanation. <laughs> I like that crypto was such a big uh, influence on her life because I love a dog. I love any dog. All dogs are good. Um, and so, <laughs> and so I like that she's immediately like, you know, who, who inspired me the most? crypto and i'm like listen i get it i got it i'm i'm there with you but then uh, but then i was really confused 
by the backstory that they seem to be building for Supergirl that I had no context for. We're like, she was constantly fighting. So we should clarify. Yeah. Are you referring to Superwoman or are you talking Super about Supergirl? Woman. Yeah. I assume she was Supergirl in the past. So if you're oh, talking about okay. the past, maybe we can refer her, refer to her as Supergirl. Okay. Yes. I guess this would have been her past. So Supergirl. It seemed like she had big beef with <laughs> Superman and and Jonathan John Kent, yeah, who, is he super? Boy? Well, it currently in DC Comics, and I don't, I can't remember super if guy? during this time he is Superman. So, like, okay, his, yeah, so he's it, taken on like the mantle. mantle of Superman was passed down to John. Yeah, okay, so yeah, so she seemed to like have gotten into like very serious fights with Superman, uh, all the Supermans basically, and uh, I was like what why how and there was really no content it was like uh it seemed like the fights were kind of a little petty like <laughs> well you well you got to earth before me and everybody likes you and no yeah. and what is there for me to do and now i'm mad it's like what's well, a not technically i mean i'm on your side always Cora, <laughs> but i mean it's not technically their fault that they just got here early you know what i mean like i was really confused with it seemed like they were alluding to this backstory that they expected you to know as a reader and i did not know it uh and i was a little bit like what's the backstory on this is is there a backstory would i have learned it if i read death metal or whatever it was <laughs> i just want to keep putting the music on as we talk about I death know. Metal. uh but yeah no, I think the, uh, did, did they did they fight in that in those issues where i was like death metal nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad at you clark <laughs> yeah she does have uh, uh something of a resentment towards them uh, she says that she has made peace with them, not needing her. So that seems like a really big sticking point for her. Uh, she also seemed to worry about uh, what others thought and how she couldn't control what others thought. And she resented Clark and John for, quote, what they'd been given, unquote, talking about parents who love whose love and kindness could have spared her so many years of rage and pain. So I'm assuming that this Supergirl, this Cara Zor-El, did not have an adoptive parent situation. There were no Danvers in there who took her in. Mm. Nobody um, acted as a, a an adoptive parent situation, which is pretty sad to think about. But that's what it sounds like to me is that she had no loving parents. And so that's why she resents Cal and John for that. Yeah. Cause there's um, on location 21. Um, she, you see some flashbacks of her in her like more traditional Supergirl costume. And it looks like she got in a fight or she's like flying away from people. I couldn't tell if this was like, she got in a fight and they like, she was like fighting with them or if she was fighting them, I was a little confused. I'm like, well, what is the backstory here with Supergirl and, and Superman and Jonathan? Because it does seem like there is like, a backstory that they allude to and it it doesn't it feels like it's something that you should like they think that you would know it so like oh we don't have to explain her her backstory with like superman and like all that resentment because you know and i was like do i 
Well, for for this series, I just kind of take it as like this is like we talked about at the beginning with future state, like this is a possible future. So in this possible future that has happened, she's had this big falling out with Cal and John, and we're just supposed to go with that. It's tough because the series only has two issues. So there's only so much you can put into two issues of the comic book. Yeah. It, it feels like one of those elements that was like, you know, you, you, you do everything that like you write everything and then you take one thing out. <laughs> like, it feels like that was maybe the one thing to take out because it, it, to, for me, at least as a reader, it made me ask so many questions about like, should I know that they're, that they have these like interpersonal issues? Is this supposed to be just something for these two issues? Is, does this, you know, referred back to something that happened before future state, whatever future state is that I should have known that I would have known about if I read death metal. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, So it just kind of threw me into a tailspin. And I feel like if it was just kind of to give her a little bit of backstory, there's other ways that you could have done it. And if it was like something that was important enough to talk about, then they should have like, gotten into the backstory a little bit more it just kind of threw me off just a little bit just like just enough to be like oh man do i do i need to read death metal <laughs> i wish i had like a two second stinger that i death could <laughs> play every time we mentioned death metal uh yeah i i can see the frustration in that because i i too was like oh what, what's happened here because uh, it does make you think that or it does make me think i i missed something in the reading of it but it does seem like Whatever has happened, uh, Supergirl, now Superwoman, um, has had to deal with revenge and having to find peace in all this stuff. Uh, she mentions the the quote, before you seek revenge, dig two graves. Uh, and that's, of course, uh, playing into the title of this story. The, uh, I, I guess it's just, what, what was it called? Two Graves, I think was the title. Of, I think yeah, so. Two Graves is the title of the story. And so um, that's where that's pulled from because uh, Kara has been dealing with anger issues. She realizes that, that anger can kill you in the end. That's uh, kind of the, the connection to uh, revenge and the graves. And, and Kara doesn't want to live a life of violence again. So at some point, Kara was very angry. She dealt with a lot of rage issues. Um, so uh, there's a lot of talk about family and birthrights in this series. Uh, in this issue in particular, Kara says birthrights are nothing compared to what we choose to make and build for ourselves, especially birthrights that begin with blood spilled. So uh, it's pretty intense in terms of family issues, rage, anger issues. Um, so that plays into uh, kind of, it's kind of a through line throughout the series. So I think um, the, the one thing I can say about this series that um, to be honest, I'm not a big fan of this future state story. I'm just going to lay that out. <laughs> I'm not, a, <laughs> not a huge fan of it, but one of the things that I think is the strong suit of it is that it does lay out some groundwork for thematic elements. So it talks about families and how, uh, you know, your squabbles with your family can be something that you might have to find a way to make peace with and get over. And then there's, a, and like, there's a connection of letting go. Do you let something go? And um, then there's also that through line of growing things, growing yourself uh, emotionally and maturing and, and building something new. So I think those are the things that I think are the really strong suit. And so the idea of Kara having to deal deal with the the anger and the rage and finding peace, I think is one of those 
uh, big strong suits for for this series in particular. Yeah, I I, I thought it was definitely a more it was a different take on Kara and a lot angrier of a take than I feel like I've read previously, uh, at least in some of the stuff that, that we've read. She's not like, you know, in Rebirth or in even in, you know, um, Woman of Tomorrow where she, you know, she curses and she drinks and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, she doesn't seem this angry. Uh, uh, it seems like anger is a really big problem for Superwoman. Uh, and she's gone to this like moon colony to like Zen out or something from all of her <laughs> resentment issues. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so it was definitely a, a different take on the character than some of the, the takes I've seen before. Like I'm more used to the, you know, hope, help and compassion for all Kara. And this is more of a, like, um, you know, an angrier car. Like she's still helping people and she's still doing it because she wants to help people. But there is a little bit of resentment in there. There is a little bit of anger. I think that the the issues really focus on every time that she's she helps people. You see the little the little group of people at the bottom, like the the citizens of the moon, and they all kind of suck like they're all just kind of like grumpy and like staring and like frowning. <laughs> and it's like fine fine i guess i'll just like let it fall on your head dude and these um, are supposed to be the people who have like run away from other bad situations exactly you think they, they'd be grateful about those things they like they like come here this is their oasis they, the supergirl is saving them and they're just like frowny face <laughs> and uh, there's a there's a panel on uh there's a page on location four where it shows her you know sa saving the day multiple times and then underneath of it is just this whole group of people and some of them are smiling but a lot of people are frowning <laughs> and then at below them is supergirl who's just like Ugh. And I was, she's just like turns away and she puts her hand on her face like these ungrateful people. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that uh, page in particular because I was I was trying to figure out what the bottom uh, images <laughs> of Kara were really supposed to be telling me because the, the first three look look like she's um, just kind of looking in different directions. And the fourth image looks like her and her like comfy you know uh robe or <laughs> something in, at she's home she's in a robe now <laughs> yeah and she she just looks either tired or upset or put out with something so i was wondering she, what that was trying like, to communicate why can't these people on the moon ever smile <laughs> <laughs> no one you say good day to them no one says good day back to you <laughs> <laughs> she's sick of it yeah so uh the kara here in uh, future state is uh angry dealing with rage, past rage issues and um, family squabbles. Pre present rage issues. Present, some present <laughs> rage issues and uh, dealing with uh, some resentment that she has uh, with Cal and John. So this is a quite, quite the different take on Kara here. Um, and uh, I guess we could move on to talking about a new character that was introduced in this series, character named Lenari. What did you think about Lenari Morgan? I liked Lenari. Um, obviously, another pod person. Um, <laughs> uh, 
it's always drama when someone shows up in a pod uh, for Supergirl. That's always drama. I like that Supergirl, like, initially uh, to try to, like, scare Lenari was like, this is an explosive device. A and quantum detonator. Quantum de- And she's holding the um, the baseball that she has in front of uh, Crypto's grave. Because, obviously, because, again, because he's a good boy. Uh, and I-, I love that. And then that comes back later is that in this issue or is it in the next issue where the next issue where she thinks that well if it's the next issue i don't want to get into it but the uh but the the quantum exploder thingy does De- come, detonator detonator does come back and i thought that that was really funny because she's like oh yeah like i've done that before i've played that game i'm not gonna fall for that one <laughs> But yeah. yeah, I think uh Lenari pops out and Lenari is a shapeshifter and uh Supergirl is immediately like, "Okay, I'm going to use my heat vision." And Lenari like eats the heat vision and then like kind of burps. Uh, I thought that was really <laughs> funny. <laughs> Supergirl's like, "Did you just eat my heat vision?" Uh <laughs> and then we find out that Lenari can actually like take the powers of other people so she can uh Lenari can shapeshift and then they can take the powers of other people who are around them. So kind of like a rogue situation from X-Men. Um, yeah, I, uh, Lenari also seems a little angry. Everyone in this in this series is a little, in these two issues are, are a little angry. Uh, and Lenari is on the run from their family who are monster snake dinosaur people. <laughs> um, and Lenari is on the run. Because Lenari has this crystal thing. The Starfall Jewel. The Starfall Jewel. In in their head, which I did not see coming. There's like that, one That seems like that would, I don't know. That that would be uh, <laughs> painful for me to have a jewel in my panel. head. <laughs> uh, it's on pay, it lo- location 10. Uh, <laughs> where Lenari's head just straight up opens up. And yeah. Lenari shows the jewel and they're like, look it, I've got a jewel. And it's like, I don't, what, what is happening in this comic for real? <laughs> <laughs> I had several questions uh, because that was just a lot for me to take in. Uh, but I did like Supergirl uh, kind of mentoring Lenari and being Superwoman. Superwoman. That's true. <laughs> Superwoman on the moon. Uh, she's she's grown. She's got a skirt and she's got several layers underneath of that. <laughs> you can't hold her down. She's wearing flats. Uh, <laughs> I liked I liked that she was uh she was mentoring Lenari though. And they did like they did little activities together. They cooked. They, they went on several runs. They did some light cardio exercise. <laughs> I think those are my two. Like location 10, I think, was my favorite part of the whole comic. Where it's, it's like a montage of them bonding together. And it's like all of these random things that they're doing. Including, including, and I, I didn't notice this the first time around. And it's much, it's so good. They go, they go to garden together and Lenari shapeshifts into like a a like a little like kind of dragon creature with like multiple hands and (laughs) each one of the the hands is holding a little watering can (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, more, that's helpful. More that's... of that, I say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, right above that too is, uh, I guess, Cara's cooking uh, bacon and eggs for breakfast. <laughs> uh, so that's something you don't see much in a Supergirl comic. Is her no. uh, her domestic life uh, in the kitchen. So that's a that's a new and different. So that's true. I also I question. Okay, so so Car is teaching Lenari how to uh, to to make bacon and eggs. Why is Lenari uh like a like a dog person in here? Like, is that necessary? <laughs> uh, you know, I guess it's just a use of the shape shifting powers. Why? <laughs> like, why I'll not? Be, I guess I'll be whoever I want to be. I'll be a centaur. I'll be a dog person. I'll be a dragon. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just trying to uh, re-emphasize the shape-shifting abilities of Lenari. Yeah, when, when they're sparring, there's a there's like a, a little part on these pages where uh, Supergirl and Lenari are like high-fiving, and they're all, they're, their hands are all taped up because clearly they've been like boxing, and Lenari has four arms, which is a thing I only just noticed. That seems unfair if you're boxing. It seems like a big advantage. Seems like you're cheating a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, that page is a good one to sh show the kind of fast-paced version of how they develop a bond in, in a relationship. Uh, but yeah, we get some information about Lenari. Uh, Lenari's full name is Lenari Lily Allo of the Star Swamp Asteroid. So if you want to know where Lenari is from, it, the Star Swamp Asteroid, uh, whatever that is, is uh, where Lenari is from. Lenari is also a king's child. Uh, and uh, is is a shapeshifter, but has a hard time controlling those powers. And we're told that Lenari has a, a hard time controlling those powers, but I don't believe that. We no. we just saw that Lenari could change into all these different things. Lenari's crushing it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's interesting because Lenari seems to have this take on on Kara that like <laughs> like the Earth deserved to be Kara's. Uh, so on. On location 12, Lenari is saying, well, you are supposed to inherit the whole planet Earth, <laughs> which, uh, wait, in, what's, in what Supergirl man scenario are they, like, inheriting the Earth? It just seemed like a, they, uh, Lenari, like, goes on to say, you know, you were going to defend the planet and keep it safe. And, like, it wasn't your fault. He grown up, he, like, your cousin grew up while you, and when you got there, you were useless. Lenari's a little bit of a hater, uh, <laughs> not helping the situation. Um, but it just seemed like so strange of a way to say, it. I guess that would, you know, if you were a King's child and you were, you know, maybe born to rule, you would look at it as like, well, the, you were supposed to rule the earth kind of, I mean, it was supposed to be your territory and your rude cousin came in and took all the glory. Yeah. I think looking at it from Lenari's perspective, uh, that's probably why that uh, idea is there is because Lenari is a king's child. And I don't know if we get it. I think this is in. Uh, so we know in this issue that L with Lenari's father's dying breath, he gave Lenari the jewel, the starfall fell starfall starfell Starf starfall. Hmm. Gave Lenari the Starfall jewel, and now that's why these uh, ancestral enemies uh, tried to come after it. Um, but it seems like there's an inheritance there from uh, from Lenari's father 
to Lenari. So I guess when Lenari thinks about other people's families, situations, and other people's lives, the inheritance there, I think, is maybe at the forefront of uh, the the question and the discussion about uh, Superwoman's situation is because there there was an inheritance as in of sorts for Lenari's situation. So I'm guessing that's why that discussion comes up. I like the um, <clears throat> it's location thirteen where it's like a stained glass window with like some s- <laughs> s- uh, snake people. Snake, I don't know. There's a there's a jewel in the middle, and then there's snake people, and then there's roses, and it just it really reminded me of like Beauty and the Beast, like all a little the, bit, yeah. <laughs> like when they do the um the sort of the the tale at the beginning of Beauty and the Beast, and it's all in that kind of stained glass style. And I was like, I heard like I got to that page, and I heard the do 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 <laughs> in my mind <laughs> far ago, long ago. <laughs> yeah, my my. Uh, I understand that this is this page specifically in this this uh, piece of art is trying to foreshadow some things possibly that are going to happen, mm-hmm. um, and it it shows off the star fall jewel and uh, I guess some of the uh, the family and the dynasty situations surrounding it. Uh, but I do have a question. Like it just kind of pops into this one page, and it's like, oh, here's the star swamp asteroid. And then they go back somewhere else. And it's like, well, why wouldn't you just... Uh, my frustration with that is like, well, if if you want to talk about the Star Swamp asteroid, can we like go to the Star Swamp asteroid for no. a little bit? Like we just went for <laughs> one page. And I guess it's that frustration of only having two issues that you have to do everything very quickly, I, I would think, as a writer. Um, so that's uh, some of my frustration with that, is that it all happens so quickly. Yeah, no, I agree. I like we don't get much of I mean, we I don't think we ever really get much of the uh, the, you know, where Lenari is from the star swamp asteroid like this, a stained glass window, beautiful as it is um, and tale as old as time. But uh, I don't feel like I I don't know anything more about the star swamp. I don't like I personally wouldn't have put the star swamp asteroid on there unless that asteroid is made of stained glass. <laughs> I guess that's just supposed to be in a building somewhere on the asteroid. <laughs> uh, I guess that's what we're supposed to assume. But it, it is a beautiful page. I'm not. I'm not going to knock it for that. It's a great, great piece of art. But uh, it just uh, seemed to drop a whole bunch of exposition there and then uh, ducked out for a little bit. Yeah, and then so then Superwoman uh, takes Lenari to uh, help build a dam. Um, trying to kind of teach her that like birthright isn't, you know, isn't what's important. It's what we choose for ourselves and, and making Lenari do some hard manual labor. Uh, <laughs> that's how you learn things. You, you come to the moon colony, you're going to have to work for it. And you're going to have to move some boulders. And so <laughs> Lenari is very sad face and then frowny face and then frownier face. Uh, but, Eventually, Lenari does it. They do it. They're like, yes, I did it. I I fixed 
the dam and I created this thing. And now we have, you know, we're going to have water in some area. And, and Lenari goes, I did it. And uh, they're like cheering. And then below again, all the haters, this planet <laughs> is ter- I don't want to be at this planet. Every, nobody has any enthusiasm. There are some people in the background and those people are clapping. Those people seem like they're great. The people in the front there, they're like, Oh yeah, I guess some, potable water that's great really good job it's like you know what you know what Could detach that irony for one second and enjoy your drinking water uh- <laughs> well lenari actually makes a comment uh uh as to uh the the surprise of the the lack of gratefulness from the moon colony uh for what what was accomplished with this project of theirs. So even Lenari is like, well, shouldn't they be appreciative of what I did? <laughs> Lenari's like, I just crushed it. Why doesn't anyone see? <laughs> uh, which I, I thought was funny. Cause it, like I had been noticing the, how, you know, how very medium everybody's reactions were like the, the townspeople were just like, Oh, great. Oh, <laughs> It's her again. And, uh, but like, there's no like attention really drawn to it until like halfway through the issue when, you know, Supergirl is a Superwoman is like, oh, I won't let anything happen to you. And Lenari's like, you and what army? Like, these people aren't going to back you up. They don't even <laughs> like you. Uh, but it takes until like, you know, location 14 of like a 24 page issue to get to get to somebody mentioning that like the townspeople seem very medium with her. So I, I just appreciated that someone was saying like, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things that I had a hard time with with this series because I I couldn't find the uh what the the author was really trying to say about Kara, because it seemed like a lot of it was like beating down Kara for not being as good or, or being comparative uh, or being compared to Superman or John as Superman, that she wasn't good enough, that she had to be ousted to the, the moon colony. Now maybe in issue two, some of that changes, but it just, it just felt so negative on Kara, and I, I didn't. I didn't quite uh, like that very much. Yeah, um, I, I like that Kara got to say it's the doing of the thing, not the reward, that makes it valuable. I think that's like an important lesson. But I a hundred percent agree. Like I was getting a little bit tired of like, why is this Supergirl story that is just about a Superwoman story that yes. is just about Superwoman? Why is it so much of it about? how she feels about Superman. Like, I don't care. I'm not like, I'm not here to read a Superman story. I'm here to read a Kara story. And I just felt like, I feel like this happens a lot with Kara's stuff, which is that like, she is only seen in relation to like Superman. And so in this, you know, in this run, she's really, she's really resentful of him. And, um, you know, but I just wanted a, I just wanted a superwoman story. I just wanted a car story. And so I didn't love that we got, you know, I understood what, what they were saying with like, do the thing for the sake of doing it, not for like the applause or how people are going to react to you. But at the same time, like so much of this was really on the flip side. So much of this was about how she felt in relation to Superman and Clark. And it wasn't, you know, in, I, I would agree with you in issue two, it gets better and, and becomes more of a her story. But like, even still, we get a lot of it in relation to, you know, 
her her feelings of inadequacy compared to Superman. And I didn't love that because I was like, I don't, you know, I'm not here for Superman. I'm here for her. Yeah. And I, I think some of this issue was uh, Kara being very passive. Towards the end of the issue, something happens. Uh, some other members of Lenari's family co- comes to visit the moon colony. And so uh, Superwoman has to get put into action. But I, I kind of found that that I didn't like that that Kara was so passive in a lot of ways. And I guess that's part of her new outlook on life that she's trying to find peace and make peace with all of the, the rage and the anger that's inside of her. And so she doesn't want to be uh, someone who's going to be punchy punchy all the time. So I guess that's just part of the characterization here. Uh, so, so I guess yeah. that's uh, just something that I had to get used to. Ether Lenari's like evil snake dinosaur winged fish people family <laughs> <laughs> come to to get Lenari. Um Superwoman says like um she apologizes to crypto and you're like uh oh <laughs> and um she says like twice as good and second best what's the point of kindness when this is the reward mm. what became of all that anger car and then she says like do not let it go i'm sorry crypto but not sorry enough so it feels like she backslides within this issue where she's like i you know i've let go of all this anger and resentment that i feel towards like superman and 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 jonathan about you know being <laughs> runner up on earth or whatever she feels she is and then like at the end of the issue she's like but tapping back into that resentment <laughs> <laughs> making that uh, uh uh making that choice to get back into it i guess towards the end of the the issue yeah, so. i guess my question was just like why does she need to feel resentment to like fight villains it does I, I don't think those two things to me like a hundred percent correlate like why can't she just like save the day because she wants to protect the very medium people on this planet and, and her new <laughs> friend lenari and like why does she like oh to say you know to save the to spring into action i need to tap into that anger <laughs> the only way to do that is to think about how mad i am at superman yeah i, I guess it's trying to say that the the superhero action and the use of superpowers, it's a little confusing to me because it's sort yeah. of seen, it almost makes it seem like the superpowers and the use of her superheroics is violent. And yeah, which so, so is maybe not how I've ever read it. Yeah, so maybe the use of the powers is is seen as equivalent to rage and anger, I, I guess. Yeah, it was just a little strange for me. I was like, you know just because she has to use violence to stop these people, she's doing a good thing because she's protecting her new home. So I don't, I, I don't know. It's, it just seems strange that she was like, Oh, well, you know, I don't want to be that person again that like would fight other people. And I guess I can kind of understand that like pacifist, but I just, I guess I didn't like the way that it was tied to Superman. Uh, because there was a lot of stuff in this that was tied to Superman that I felt like didn't need to be. Uh, and she could have kind of been her own independent character that didn't have to have that like backstory of resentment. Yeah. And there's not really a ton of Kara. There's a lot of Lenari stuff and a lot of Lenari's family. And then a lot of Kara and dealing with her past with Superman and, and John Kent. And so it's, 
we we get a little bit of kind of why cars on the moon and that she's going by superwoman now and that she's had to deal with all this resentment and anger that she's been going through but not a lot else other than that and uh, also her her uh training from crypto uh we get a lot of that as well <laughs> yes yes who who she calls let me look it up what is exactly that she says about uh crypto she calls him uh, her good grand greatest boy. So, I mean, fair. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> I just love the idea that like some somewhere in this alternate universe, like crypto is like, I don't know, like she's in a boxing match and crypto is in her corner, like <laughs> like dabbing her forehead with a with a claw, <laughs> telling her to get back in there. <laughs> uh, like replacing her mouth guard or yeah, something. Ex- exactly. He's like, don't give up. You've got this. You've got this. Keep going. Um, Well, the only other thing with the writing that I would mention is that um, I started to notice that there was a garden metaphor of sorts. Did you get something uh, akin to that? Yes. There's definitely some garden stuff going on. And I was confused about it because in one of the pages, the early pages, Lenari is like, sorry about your garden. And I was like, what garden? garden and i guess it's the garden around crypto's grave uh or lenari i think says something like sorry about your flowers yeah um but yeah there's like a there's like a lot of gardening going on in this in this issue including uh superwoman and lenari when when uh, lenari is holding the many watering cans uh (laughs) in the dragon form but yeah i i was like there's a lot of flowers in a lot of the panels um there's like sunflowers and there's like pink flowers and there's fl- even flowers in the stained stained glass. It seems like there's flowers like literally everywhere um, in this issue. Yeah, I, I I I started to really notice that as I was going through it. And Cara says in the issue, she says, "I try to tend this world like a garden, using what I learned from you talking uh, talking to crypto or talking about crypto." Um, so I think that 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 was a that was a through line that went through this issue um, to emphasize the uh, the garden aspects of uh what was going on here so i i I think that uh it's used as a like a visual thematic element throughout this issue uh you can see them on location three four five nine you mentioned that i'm sorry about the flowers on location 10 13 21 so that seems to be um something that is wanting to be emphasized about gardening something intending to the colony and making something grow and building something so i think that's actually a nice a nice way to uh, put a, th- a like a story thread throughout it, and it being something that's connected to Superwoman, I guess that she wants to grow the Moon Colony, and she sees that as her duty to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with this issue? No, I think we got most of it. Um, the. Uh... The people from was the Star Swamp asteroid. They seemed very mad. They were very <laughs> mad. They seemed like they weren't very nice family members. And I guess we'll find out a little bit later uh, in the next issue um, the backstory on that one. But um, but when they kind of pop up, Len- oh, I guess even before they pop up, Lenari kind of freaks out <laughs> and uh, and. 
throws Supergirl and then our Superwoman and Superwoman hits, I think Crypto's grave, which was, I was like, oh, this is dark. Yeah. And, and like bashes her head. Uh, so yeah. Um, there's some interesting, some interesting stuff going on with that, uh, that star swamp area. And they, uh, the, what, what are they like fish, fish, dragon people yeah. who pop up at the end. I think that's a fair description. Uh, yeah, so I think this is definitely a, a story that's trying to parallel Kara and Lenari and dealing with those things within their both of their families, trying to, trying to figure out how to handle uh, the things that they don't like about their families or handle the rage and the anger that's going on there. Uh, the only other thing I would mention that I forgot to mention with the garden stuff is that Kara seems to have a greenhouse that she oh yeah uh, hangs out in, uh, and so I, I thought it was uh, of note that Lenari calls Kara's greenhouse a glass coffin, um, <laughs> which I thought I was trying to figure out uh, how that could be connected to Kara's um, maybe isolation or loneliness or uh, feeling like she's been tossed out of a family, and so maybe. And I, I guess I could also be connected to crypto. Like maybe she's still mourning crypto or she just feels like her, her life is dead or the, the colony is kind of dead. She's trying to bring the colony back to life a little bit uh, and give it a little more life. So I, I don't know. I just thought that was um, something to point out that she called it a glass coffin. Oh, that's yeah. I didn't even notice that, but I like that read on it. All right. Well, uh, since we've discussed the story, uh, were there any panels or pages that you thought were uh, something to point out? Uh, I like the art in this one. Um, I, I liked how the colors were like a little bit muted, the, like the the color scheme, except for like specific pages where they really pop. Like the stained glass page was obviously gorgeous. Uh, tale as old as time. <laughs> uh, I liked location ten where uh, Kara and Lenari really bond. They do the various activities. <laughs> they, <laughs> they spar. They uh, they jump in the air for no reason that I can really figure out. It looks now well, maybe Lenari has grown some wings and they're flying. <laughs> I don't I don't know what's going on. Uh, but anyway, I could really feel a friendship develop on these pages. I was like, listen, they seem like great pals now, and I I buy it. I'm into it. Um, and I thought that that was a good use of like using maybe like a two page spread to really tell like a lot of story very quickly, like really kind of shortcut that relationship. And it blends all together, which I like. It's not yeah. just like panel, panel, panel. It all kind of blends together and it's interconnected. I also love location 16 where Lenari uh, fixes the dam and they're so excited. And Lenari's like, I did it. And everybody at the bottom is like, oh, great. Cool. <laughs> There, wow. Well, to be fair, there's wow, some... trying is so fun. Uh, okay, there are people... <laughs> In the front, in the in the foreground, there, who are there are some frowning. people in the background there are some that people are clapping. clapping. Yeah, some there are people some people are who are like cheering and clapping, and then there's some haters. I think the point <laughs> it's trying to make is that like there's always going to be some haters. You can't focus on the haters. You're not going to be able to please everyone, even when you're giving them, you know, drinkable water and stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was on I was on Lenari's side on that. I was like, this is getting ridiculous. Um, and then I really loved. Um, on page, the art on page, uh, the last page, uh, 22, 
where <laughs> Superwoman is like, had it, Ugh, had enough. I'm sorry, crypto. And she's uh, using her heat vision. It's like a full page, uh, splash page, as they say in the biz. And uh, <laughs> I just like saying the word splash page. Um, and I, I just thought that the it was like the art in that was really pretty and like very dynamic. Yeah, I would agree that that was uh, pretty nice, that final page. Um, I also liked Location 20 uh, because I think the uh, use of the somewhat darker background makes the sort of the iridescent uh creatures whatever whatever they are it makes them show up a little bit better on the page which i thought was nice it, it made them feel like I, I got the sense that they were these iridescent sort of see-through creatures which i, I think is kind of a, a a neat interpretation of what's going on there i also wanted to point out uh that on location i believe it is 21 i'm gonna pull it just on the video uh, there's a, there's a panel on location 21. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the bottom left panel <laughs> looks like it's a reference image of Melissa Benoist on the CW Supergirl TV series. Oh yeah, uh, it does. I, I think that's, it's possibly from how does she do it from season one? That's what I was sort of thinking that maybe it was. It makes me think of the uh, sequence when Supergirl is holding up and repairing the building in that episode and how does she do it? Um, so I, I don't know for sure that that's what that is, but it almost looks like the artist uh, was pulling from that scene uh, or was using a reference image of Melissa Benoist for that. So I just wanted to point that out because that's when I saw that, I was like, well, that looks Almost exactly <laughs> like that <laughs> right? scene. Uh, and I also liked on Location 21, um, the top and bottom panels with Kara's eyes um, and showing her memories uh, and how they affected what she does with her heat vision. I thought that was a that was a really cool, uh, different kind of layout for that uh, for that choice of that page. So I really like that a lot. All right. Well, uh Overall thoughts, future state number one, Akara Zorel, Superwoman, Morgan, what, what what did you think about your, your introduction into uh, this future state world that we're living in now? I was a little confused. Um, I wish, and I wish that the, that the series ab about Superwoman, about Kara, was more about her, I guess. I, uh, there is a lot of Kara, but I it, it's a lot of Kara who's like, mad at Superman and mad at John and like tr uh, Jonathan Kent and like trying to recover from some nebulous like resentment in the past that they don't, they don't want to get into that too much, but they bring it up all the time <laughs> at the same time too. It's like you have that one friend and they're like, Oh, I had the worst day. And you're like, Oh, that that's terrible. I, well, uh, what happened? They're like, I don't want to talk about it. It's like, <laughs> You literally just brought it up. <laughs> Feels like you do want to talk about it. And uh, that's kind of what this felt like to me. It's like, oh, the craziest thing happened to me. Oh, really, Cara? What? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> what? Um, but I did like the stuff with her and Lenari. I, I like that the way that they kind of paralleled those storylines. And I like, you know, the premise of it that Super Superwoman's up on the moon She's done a costume change. She's trying to, you know, to live this new life where she's like helping out, but she's not like fighting. She's like helping out by like moving boulders and, you know, 
city projects, city <laughs> planning, a city planning superwoman. Uh, I feel like is something I could really get behind the idea of like, you know, if it had been more like a uh, superwoman is tired of constantly fighting. She's, she's tired of the, you know, the never ending battles and all of the violence. And she wants to go to the moon and she wants to build this like, moon colony where everybody is welcome and all she wants to do is spend her days like city planning and planting flowers i feel like you don't need that that extra layer of like but also she's really mad at all of the house of l like i feel like that (laughs) extra layers like you gilded this lily too much like i could just i could read an issue where she just wants to go and chill out and like make a nice place for people to to go to come to and like you know miss her good boy crypto and i, I don't like the the superman stuff feels unnecessary and it also feels like taking a superwoman story or a kara story and making it implicitly about superman or about how she relates to superman like and again, I don't think it needs it. So that was like my biggest critique is like the Superman stuff kind of took away from the rest of the issue. And I wish it was more about Kara, even if it was about Kara in relation to Lenani. Uh, how do you pronounce her name again? Lenari. Lenari. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just felt like this, the Superman stuff kind of threw me. I think it's really only there to serve as a parallel to what's going on with Lenari and uh, the family situation there with the the dynasties from the what is it the Star Swamp asteroid? Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think that's why it's there to show that Lenari and Kara have these things in common. But I'm kind of like kind of like you. Like I would be okay if it was just Kara Zorel Gardner story. Yeah. Like <laughs> exactly. Like I, I every time I think about a gardener, I think because Steel Magnolias is one of my favorite movies. Like Steely Mag is like one of my favorites, <laughs> and I, I always think about. Um, Weeza says some line in that movie where she says something like, "I'm an old woman who grows vegetables in the dirt." Like that's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> every time I think about a gardener, I think, "Oh, you're just you're just a person who grows vegetables in the dirt." Like I would be okay with a superwoman story where it was like she lives on the moon and she grows vegetables in the dirt. I would be. I, I mean, that's even- a that's a pretty good premise for a super a superwoman story. I agree. I feel like there's a version of this story where like Car goes to the moon. She she's like, I'm not doing all this supering anymore. I'm just going to grow some vegetables. I'm just going to see to my plants, watch my <laughs> stories. And then <laughs> I'd be so into that. Story. Right. Like it's, it's just kind of it's just kind of a friendly hermit uh, superwoman. And then Lenari comes and kind of like crashes in on her, you know, trying not to be involved in things. And that's kind of how they they use that story that like Carr maybe realizes that she can't shut herself off from the world forever and that she that she is, you know, still useful and that like even though she's tired of violence or, you know, or fighting, there is there's a place for that and it's, you know, to help people out. Like, I feel like there's, there's a couple of different interesting stories you can tell with like the basic premise of future of this future state. But like, I I didn't love some of the extra elements that they added on. Yeah. And that call to action of her 
uh, growing vegetables in the dirt. And then all of a sudden <laughs> this external person comes in with a pod and crash lands. That's a call to action for Supergirl. Some mm-hmm. of it felt like it was a call to action for Lenari in a lot of respects. So I think that would have made it more about Kara in my mind. Um, so I don't know. I, j- I try not to review things based on what I wish would happen. But it also, it also, but I can see the critique of like some of that stuff wasn't needed. You could have done the story a different way if you wanted to. But the author, I guess, chose to include that with the intention of creating the parallel between the two characters. So either way, I would still read the story. Either way, I kind of like the the gardener Kara a little better, (laughs) (laughs) focusing in on that. But uh, but I can see why. Um, uh, the comic book writer of this story, the series, wanted to do that. Yeah, so. I think overall I enjoyed it. I thought the art was nice. Uh, I liked the artist. Um, I thought the story was pretty was pretty good. I just, you know, there was just a couple of little things that I like wished either were different or explored more, or were like if they weren't going to explore them more, they didn't they didn't use it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's uh, some more that you could have told, but I, I guess the the limitation of the the just the two issues prevented uh, any further exp- explanation or exploration of uh, some of this story. It did seem like a lot of having to shove a whole bunch of backstory and a whole bunch of exposition into one issue and trying to figure out how to do that. So at least in some ways, the issue tried to make make some of that condensed into something understandable like that page that has the the, mon- the exercise montage so <laughs> it try it tries to do things visually to help tell the story without having to cuz sometimes it felt a little wordy but mm-hmm. i think some of the visuals did uh help out with that a little bit all right well i think that's going to do it for our thoughts on future state number 1 cars or else superwoman if you haven't bought it yet uh future state number 1 cars or else superwoman is available at your local comic book store amazon kindle apple ibooks barnes and noble nook comicsology google books and read dc and uh before we get into uh pl- well plugging our own podcasts uh, things uh, through Supergirl Radio or DC TV podcast. We'd like to plug the podcast hosting platform that Supergirl Radio has been using since 2015. And we like it a lot. Been using it for a long time. And uh, we just want to share some information about an opportunity that uh, Lipson is uh, offering until June 30th. So if you are uh, an, an, uh, an aspiring podcaster if you've thought about wanting to be a podcaster and you have things you want to say uh lipson is a great uh tool to uh help you put that together if you're looking to start a podcast use supergirl radio's unique promo code super to get up to two months of free podcasting service with lipson when you sign up for a new account get your show on apple and spotify get helpful audience building stats and all the support you need to sound your best and hey they can even do video. Bring your podcast to life and have your voice heard with Lipson. Click on the link in the live stream video description or our audio podcast show notes. And now we need to get to our own personal, well, not personal, but personal plugs come later. But personal <laughs> for the podcast, I guess. Uh, so we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV 
podcast plugs. If you'd like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, Titans, Doom Patrol, Batwoman, Stargirl, Superman and Lois, and the upcoming Green Lantern, Justice League Dark, and Strange Adventure shows, and DC TV After Dark. You can subscribe to the DC TV Podcast Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts. Follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, or else. This has been a message from Hope, inhabiting the Flash Vessel, also known as New Rachel. And since we talked about comics this week, we have some super designs in the DCTV Podcast Tee Public Store. Yeah, so if you're looking for some Kara Zorel uh merchandise whether it be hoodies or t-shirts or mugs uh we have some of that in the dc tv podcast t public store so we've got some uh some uh cara images and designs for uh mugs we have some kryptonese so if you're into that like Ooh. i am uh you can you can uh get a mug t-shirt hoodie with a uh, hope written in kryptonese which i think is pretty cool you'll wow people that you're multilingual if you you know kryptonese that's i mean that's part of uh, why i i like uh translating uh kryptonese because it's like well i'm 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 multilingual i i know kryptonese (laughs) uh use it to impress your friends uh if you would uh like to become a legion of super sponsors we'd like to think our Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting the uh, Supergirl Radio Patreon. These people are Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Abby, Leslie, Ermgard, Miriam, uh, Nicole, Lizeth, Faith, Brian, Ethan, and Danny. And uh, you can do that by visiting patreon.com slash Radio. We have four monthly levels uh, that you can choose from to help us out with uh, podcasts like uh, Lipson podcast hosting fees, things like that. Uh, just to keep the podcast going. So we really appreciate uh, everyone's support from the Supergirl Radio Patreon. All right. And I guess if you want to uh, get in touch with me, you can check me out on Vero at Derby Kid. I'm also on Instagram at The Derby Kid. Uh, I also have a personal YouTube channel in addition to uh, the one that I appear on weekly at the (laughs) the DC TV podcast YouTube channel. Uh, You can find me over at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. 
And uh, over there, I do uh, film criticism of the film criticism, I guess, where I read Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice reviews from the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes, which is a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say fun, but it's uh, educational, I guess. So if you're into that, you want to talk about film and art criticism and how to uh, review something. That's uh, something that I talk about a lot with those uh, live streams. So if you want to come hang out with me over there, uh, please uh, subscribe to the channel and you'll never miss when I go live. Nice. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, where we just recently um, did a panel about uh cat's new uh, newest kickstarter uh <laughs> by visibility uh anthology part two uh which i have my first very first comic story in. um so you should check that out that was really fun uh and you can also find me as a co-host on dc tv after dark where we recently just uh, released our second episode in season two of the look podcast. at y'all look at us actually releasing stuff we're doing it <laughs> <laughs> uh, where we talk to uh, Nate and Brittany from the Naomi podcast and uh, and sort of talk about, you know, RIP Naomi, uh, but just, you know, have a fun conversation with them. So you should check out both of those podcasts. And I uh, do. I'm a, a faithful listener of both. And I actually <laughs> enjoyed your conversation uh, uh, recently on DCTV uh, after dark talking about the Naomi uh, podcast and the Naomi TV show, even though I didn't watch, this is a common theme for me. That <laughs> I, I don't watch the shows, but I listen to the podcast and I, I know the people on them. And, uh, so it's, uh, it was a lot of fun to listen to. So I appreciate what you and Sarah do over on DC TV after dark. Why, thank you. Yeah, we, uh, that was a fun conversation. It was our first, it was our first DC TV after dark with more than one person, actually. So that was like a new dynamic, like th the two of us. And then there were two guests and we were like, oh, more people to talk to. <laughs> and there is more uh, to the Team Werewolf, Team Mermaid. There uh, is. A <laughs> competition that's going the on. The saga there. continues. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded uh, like uh, Team War Werewolf is still thriving. So I feel good about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it's okay. We're, we're, we're coming up. From behind, I think maybe. Do, do y'all have a tally? Are you are you keeping track we of it? Truly should be. Um, <laughs> I need to start making a tally. Uh, Werewolf is definitely ahead, though. Yeah, I will yeah. say that. That seems right. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson, and I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we hope you'll check out Future State Number One, Cars or L, Superwoman, and support Supergirl Comics. McGurk! I Do love typing. Not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs>
Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. 